We interrupt your regularly scheduled podcast to bring you Listen, Watch, Discuss. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome back. This is Brent here with Listen, Watch, Discuss. And on tonight's episode, I'm going to be reviewing um, AJR's uh, newest album, their fourth album, OK Orchestra. And uh, as some of you who have listened to my podcast already know, I've uh, reviewed AJR uh, previously back in season one, where I talked about their uh, second album, uh, 2017's The Click, and how that was the album that got me into the band in the first place. Uh, And you'll also know that uh, AJR is my favorite band slash artist right now. That may change in the future, you know, because there's always going to be new creators uh, and new artists making new music. But yeah, for right now, as it stands, they're my currently my favorite artist. So, uh, so with that out of the way, uh, let's get on to reviewing the songs uh, one by one. So uh, we start off with, uh, there's 13 songs on the album, by the way. We start off with OK Overture. And uh, if you don't know what an overture is, it's basically just, it's like a mixing and mingling of uh, a bunch of different songs, uh, in a way. Um, and it's, yeah, it's basically, that's basically what it is. And, um, and that's what an AJR, uh, well, yeah, it's, it's an orchestral piece at the beginning of, you know, it well, like an opera, an album, or other extended composi- uh, composition. So, um, but basically, AJR uh, released for their first two albums. They released um, overtures. Those were the first songs on uh, "Living Room" and "The Click." But their previous album before this one, uh, "Neo Theater," didn't have one, and a lot of people were kind of bummed about that because you know the overture was fun because it was fun. It was just a fun song. Uh, it was just fun hearing all of the different songs, uh, or snippets of songs that were going to be, uh, you know, in the album, like later on in the album, you know, uh, and, and that's basically, yeah, every overture they've done, uh, it's basically just a composition of little snippets and little, sometimes not even words, just like beats or instrument, the instrumentation they'll use in their songs. Sometimes it's just like the background vocals or the beats and, and instruments they use in songs that are a part of the overture. But they always add, they always include a little bit of each song in the overture. Um, and, and yeah, it just, it sounds great. Uh, it's a great way. It's, yeah, it's grand and epic. And, and it, unlike the other two overtures, they actually included, there's actually a line of dialogue, or a few lines of dialogue, that aren't in the... Um, that aren't in any song, like, they're lines that are exclusively that, that song's, uh, lyrics, which I thought was pretty cool, it's, uh, it's, like, right before the end of the song, uh, when you get to, or it's, like, yeah, right before you get to the end of the song, there's this, uh, when Jack's talking about, I'm too young, I'm too effing young to feel so effing old, and then, and then that line leads into a line from Way Less Sad, which is a song that's, towards the end of the album, but, uh, it was cool, because I wasn't expecting that, and, uh, and, you know, it's kind of cool to listen to the overture, because throughout the rest of the album, you're, you know, it, it keeps you even more invested, and more interested, and more intrigued, because you're trying to figure out, uh, which, you know, which lyric, uh, like, like, every time you're listening to a, a, a new song comes on, you're trying to, you're listening even more intensely, because you're like, oh, is, is this line from the overture coming up or is this beat? Cause I can, or this beat sounds a little familiar. Is that from the overture? Cause sometimes they distort the beat or sometimes they like mix it and mingle it. And you know, it make, it makes it, I mean, it doesn't sound exactly how it does in the song sometimes, you know, so it sounds a little different, but, um, you know, so, so that's always cool. And that's another reason I love the overtures, but yeah. Um, so yeah. And then at the end, and then it ends, this big grand epic finale. It kind of reminded me of the first song in Neo Theater, uh, uh, Next Up Forever. Even though that wasn't, like I said, that wasn't an overture, it did 
it had an old timey choir in the background and it just sounded grand and epic and it really kind of got you in the mood to you know to continue with the album like because you're like oh this sounds great what's you know what uh it was it was just a great start to the album and this is an okay overture is a great start to this album um and yeah it's probably their best like sonically like it just sounds it's probably it sounds like their best overture um so yeah it's a great way to open the album uh, the next song, Bummerland, they released this one back in August, so uh, everyone's heard it uh, a bunch. Um, not like a song, not as much as a song that's later, uh, that's on the list, uh, that's later on the list, but, uh, but you know, it's been out for about, let's see, August, uh, yeah, a little over half a year or so. Every, a lot of people have heard this song, but yeah, it's it's great, it's very upbeat, um, you got these very intense you know, drums banging throughout the background. Um, you get a, you get a trumpet and a violin. Yeah. You get this weird section towards the end of the song. It's like right before the, the final chorus, you get this weird, it's like a ring. Like, it's like a, like, it's like an infinite ring of music. I I know it's a weird, uh, way to describe it, but it's like the instruments and the vocals like meld together, like they blend together. Like uh, Ryan is uh, going da 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 da, and then that that transitions like that blends into the trumpet playing, and then the trumpet blends into the violin playing, and then that blends into the drums, and <laughs> you know you're like, oh, it sounds you know that's so insane how they how they were able to to mix that and edit it edit that to to sound like that like that just sounds so cool. And, uh, but basically, yeah, the song's talking about how they're sick of, of quarantine. They're sick of not being able to really do as much as they used to before this, this pandemic started. And, um, and they're saying, and they're, and they're like, well, yeah, I bet you're tired of it too, you know? Um, but you know, don't worry because, you know, we've, we've hit our lowest point. We can only go up from here. And that's basically what the song's talking about. It's like, even though, you know, this is probably the lowest we'll get. I mean, that I can, that we can think of right now, you know, but, you know, but the best thing about being down in the dumps is that there's only one more way, there's only one way to go up, you know, and that's where we're going, you know, so it's very positive, upbeat song about, you know, trying not to, yeah, because like, you're basically, yeah, it's like everyone's stuck in Bummerland, but we're going to get out of this, we're going to get out of Bummerland eventually, you know, and, and ever since August, I think we've, you know, slowly but surely been getting out of Bummerland, so to speak. We've we've been slowly escaping it one by one, <laughs> uh, little by little, piece by piece. But yeah, great song, great music video too. Uh, okay, Overture had a great music video too. I forgot to mention that, but it was great too. Uh, next song, song uh, track three, Three O'Clock Things. Uh, this song is about, uh, basically... It's uh, it discusses the fear of not missing out on life, trying to fit in with the crowd, and the anxiety that comes with that, and also try not to upset anyone with your political beliefs and viewpoints, because you know everyone's got their own opinion on pretty much any everything. And the tricky thing about the two political parties that we have now is that one of them will have a belief on something, and that is contrary to the other party's belief. So a lot of people feel anxiety and over, uh, and you know, over, yeah, overwhelming anxiety about that because it's like, well, shit, we can't get anything done because we have two parties constantly bickering and, and, and some, and, you know, I have a belief that I believe in, uh, that this party believes in. And then I have a belief, uh, in the other party. I mean, like, like I have something that I believe in that one party believes in, and I have another thing that I believe in that the other party believes in, you know? So it's like, you know, well, I mean, I can't vote for both of them, or I mean, you know, and, and you know, there's the pressure of, you know, having to, I mean, I'm kind of going off on a tangent, but you know, it's the pressure of, you know, trying to please everyone at the same time and not get too political with your message, which is, you know, what they're saying, like, their parents are like, oh, yeah, and and parents say this all the time, and they, and they mention this in the song, they're like, oh, yeah, uh, you know, uh, don't stay on the stay on the fence. And uh, don't, be too, uh, you know, like whatever party you believe in, don't, 
be, don't, don't drive, um, you know, don't hammer in a message that you believe in from that party because half of your fans will, you know, leave or will not listen. So, and and then towards the end of the song, Jack says, okay, well, this isn't being political. Uh, if we say that if you're, re- you know, it's like, okay, we, well, this is obvious, you know, so we won't be that political, but we will say, we'll say this, you know, if you're racist, don't come to our show. Cause he ends the, he ends the song with you. If you're effing racist, then don't come to our show. And then, um, and then we hear Jack in the, at the end say, okay, let's do it one more time. And then we hear the beat repeat for like the last 15, 20 seconds. But yeah, uh, so it was a great song with a great message. And, uh, and yeah, that's basically where the, the title of the song three o'clock things comes in because it's like, you know, a lot of these things keep you up at night because you're, you know, anxiety and over and, uh, just being overwhelmed, you know, tends, you, you tend to think about a lot of this stuff at night. And especially if, if you have anxiety and you can't sleep and if you're, anxious about whatever you're thinking about, that causes you to to, to kind of stay up, you know, you can't, you know, your mind's racing, you can't fall asleep, you know, if you're anxious about whatever you're thinking about, and you have like a million things on your mind, you know, um, but yeah, so message was great, uh, and I loved the, the beat, because there's a trumpet, you get this, it's very catchy, you get this trumpet-infused beat, and, uh, right after, uh, Jack says his, uh, you know, come on guy, I promise everything will be all right, be okay. He repeats the, uh, the first part of the song, or we start off with him singing that. And then right after he sings that, that line, uh, we get like this old timey, it's like a 1920s, 1940s choir, uh, that sounds like they're like slightly distorted. So you can kind of hear, um, you, you hear them repeat Jack's line and they, and they and that's like the chorus. They say that a few more times. They repeat it a few more times throughout the song. Uh, and it sounds cool too because it sounds like the choir, and it may be the exact same choir, but it sounds like the choir in uh, Next Up Forever and Finale, Can't Wait to See What You Do Next from Neo Theater, um, which I, I thought was cool. Uh, it sounds like them a little bit, but it sounds, like I said, a little more old-timey than the choir from Neo Theater because for some reason in Neo Theater... When, whenever the choir showed up in the first and last song, or the first and last songs on the album, it sounded, and, and if you listen to the songs, you may, you'll know what I'm talking about, but it sounds like, to me, it sounds like um, the, uh, a song you'd hear in a Rankin-Bass Christmas special, you know? Uh, like, I know that's kind of a weird way to describe it, but the choir sounds like, uh, you know, because how most of them are musicals, you know, or they have a lot of songs in them. Uh, it sounded like the choir in those sounded like uh, something you'd hear in one of their Christmas specials, which uh, and that that's not an insult. I'm just saying that's the the feeling I get whenever I hear those songs. And in this one, I get a little bit of a different feeling. I mean, like the choir sounds a little bit different, and it's probably them. And that and like I said, they just distorted it uh, a little bit uh, to make it sound, and you know, just changed it up a little bit to make them sound like a few decades in the uh, past, you know, I mean, a few decades before, or a few decades younger than how they sounded in, or not younger, but like a f- from a few decades in the past, uh, compared to how they sounded in Neo Theater, so, if that made any sense, um, then again, it could not be the same, but I don't know, it's, whether it is or not, I, I love that they brought in the choir again, whether it was the same one or not, um, and the message was great, so... Uh, next song we have uh, track four, My Play. Uh, basically, this one is talking about uh, Jack and Adam and Ryan's parents' divorce when they were little. And uh, basically, this throughout the song, Jack is talking about how he... Wa- uh, basically, the title, My Play, is him talking about how he wants to perform his play alone with Adam and Ryan that uh, he, you know, he wanted to perform for his mom and dad. And he worked really hard on it, but because they're going through some real life shit, you know, they're going through a divorce, you know, it's like they don't really have time. And Jack also mentions that, you know, dad's staying in a new place and I don't want to have, I want you both to be in the same place when I do my play, because if I do it twice, it's not going to, I'm not, it's not going to be that special. It's not going to, I'm not going to get that same feeling as when I first did it, you know? 
So I don't, I don't want to do it for dad at his new place. I want you both, I know you're fighting right now, but I would really appreciate it if you both, you know, could just stop fighting for a minute, you know, and, and please, you know, uh, listen to my play or watch my play. And, um, probably, it's probably the saddest song on the album. Uh, and it's like, probably, it's probably, I mean, not just the saddest in terms of like what, uh, is being discussed and what's being sung, but, um, but also the saddest in terms of how it sounds. There's this weird, these weird background noises and, and vocals, uh, throughout the song. And, uh, and there's this via, this very somber violin. It just sounds melancholy. I mean, it, it I mean, it, in a good way, you know, uh, because obviously a divorce is, you know, and a child going through that, that would kind of constitute, uh, kind of a sadder, uh, beat. I mean, you would think, you know, uh, so yeah, that was it was a great song. And again, this was a single they released too. They released this one back in December. Uh so, you know, it's another song I've I've heard before today along with Bummerland, you know. But um but it was great. I loved it. And the music video, which is this little animated, it's like Jack and everything that's around him is like uh drawn in chalk and it's just uh him going through uh him watching his parents getting divorced and uh, his dad moving out and all that. It's really sad, but it's like a little child Jack, uh, still with a little winter hat, you know, <laughs> that he wears all the time, uh, watching his, you know, everything that's going on. But, um, it was great. Very sad, very great sounding song. Oh yeah. And he also mentions how he want when he grows up, he wants to find a lover. He wants to find a girlfriend, but it, you know, if you guys are getting divorced, that means love dies. So why should I bother? You know? And that, and that was very, it's a very sad line. It's like, damn, yeah, you don't really think about that. Or I mean, it's, it's, it, you, I mean, when you think about it, it's like, man, that that, I mean, that's kind of a good point, you know. But, but um, but then again, you know, not all marriages end in divorce. So, but I mean, that is probably. I never really thought about that, but that's probably that probably is what a lot of children think, and a lot of people in general. They're like, well, shit, I could fall out of love with you at any point. My parents fell out of love when I was little. So, what's the point of me finding someone to spend my life with? You know. Um, so yeah, uh, anyway, that was it for that song. (laughs) So, uh, track five is Joe. Uh, and no, this is not about Joe Biden. (laughs) It, uh, it's basically about, uh, Jack is singing about an old childhood friend, uh, named Joe, who he hasn't seen or even thought about in a while. And, uh, throughout the song, he reflects on the memories and the fun times they shared when they were friends, uh, especially back in, uh, middle school. Um, and like middle school, elementary school, and a little bit of high school, but they haven't seen each other. But yeah, but the problem is they haven't seen each other in so long. And he begins to feel guilty that he hasn't seen him, you know, in forever, and hopes that Joe will reach out to him once he hears the song. And that's why he, and, and he mentions that this towards the end. He says, I know I did, I haven't um, seen you in a while. Uh, I'm not going, I'm going to leave your name. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to leave the name, your name the way it is. So that way you'll hear it and maybe reach out to me and we can do something sometime. But he feel he, a part of, but part of Jack feels too guilty to call Joe up and also, well, part of him feels guilty and the other part just doesn't know where he is, you know, and, and, you know, because he's, they've gone their separate ways. It's been forever since they've interacted and hung out. So, um, and the beats great in this one is very fast and tense and weird it's like very fluttery and uplifting too. It's like, it's, I, I can't do it that well, but, uh, you, when you hear it, you'll, you'll get what I'm talking about. And there's like, and I think Jack's beatboxing as well. He's got, you know, and again, I, I can't beat beatbox worth a shit, but you get my point. Um, so yeah, so the, uh, the beat is great, um, throughout the song and, um, and I, yeah, I guess that's it for that one. Uh, another great song. Uh, track six, we have Adventure Is Out There. Uh, see, uh, see Jack, Adam, and Ryan are fans of uh, Pixar, specifically Up, <laughs> with the name of this one. Because, um, yeah, because that if you don't know, that's a line uh, from Up, from the Pixar movie Up. But uh, in this song, Jack is, uh, it starts out with jo- uh, Jock. <laughs> with Jack mentioning that he hates when he loses his socks because 
you know, and this is this is relatable because everyone's lost a sock or, you know, maybe even a pair of socks, like both socks in the dryer before. And you're like, where did they go? You know, and it's always so irritating. But he uh, basically is saying how he assumes that whenever his socks go missing, they go on a fun, exciting trip around the world. And because Jack's been feeling bored, uh, you know, he's had a bunch of do nothing days where he's wanted to do something spontaneous and adventurous and, you know, just new and something relaxing. You know, like he imagines that one day he'll slip away from his socks. His socks will stay and he'll go and finally go on a trip and, you know, like I said, do something new and fun. Uh, Probably when the pandemic's over, you know, Um, or that's probably what uh, Jack is uh, referring to as well. And uh, this song's great. There's a a nice acoustic guitar in in it and uh it's a little bit of violin and um and it's you know it this one is the probably the calmest like uh of the song and I'm not saying like they're all crazy and chaotic although they they are a little crazy and chaotic but in a good way you know but this is probably like the most melodious most like gentle calm song out of all of them and it sat, and I, you know, I would actually, I wouldn't be surprised if this was originally a song from their first album, Living Room, because a lot of the songs on Living Room, a lot of them did have crazy and weird beats and instrumentation in the background, background vocals, you know, like their last three albums had, or or their next three albums had, but uh, but they also had some really calm folks, almost folksy songs, like Growing Old on Bleecker Street and Three um, A.M. Uh, those were really like very calm, like acoustic, you know, there's a little bit of a, an acoustic guitar and it was just a little more folksy than, um, than some of the, some of their songs, you know, but I, I like when they, you know, switch their uh, sound up and, you know, experiment with new beats and instruments and melding instruments together. Like, you know, I mean, not the instruments themselves, but the, the noise they produce. Uh, so, so that was cool too. Uh, to hear that song, but it, I wouldn't be surprised if that was a song from Living Room that they just weren't, that they just hadn't quite figured out the sound for, and so they scrapped it, and as when they were uh, producing this album, when they were creating this album, you know, one of them, probably Jack, came up and said, hey, you know that song that we were going to put on Living Room that we ended up scrapping, and you know, Adam and Ryan were like, yeah, and Jack's like, well, what if, I think I've found the perfect sound for this, what if we do it here, you know, I mean, what if we put it on our new album, and um, and and then that's where we got Adventures out there. Um, but I'd like to think that's that's what happened. Um, but yeah, it's a great song and kind of a nice break too from the, uh, you know, from the somewhat chaotic nature of the first half. And again, like I said, I, I'm I'm down with the crazy and chaotic sound, you know. But it, but it was a nice change of pace, you know, a nice break, if you will, you know. Uh, okay, coming up next, uh, track seven, so we're halfway through the album. Uh, track seven is Bane. Now, this is, uh, once again, another song that they released as a single, and this was a little over a year ago, and pretty much everyone has heard this song at some point by now, because it's been, like I said, they released it in February, like February 12th, I believe, of last year, and it's March 26th of this year, so it's been a little over a year since, uh, the song came out. So ever pretty much everyone's heard it. It was even, you know, it, and it's been, it's gotten a lot of radio play and streams on Spotify. And it's actually so big now that they, Apple had a, um, a commercial with the song in here. I mean, with the song in it, uh, it wasn't, I mean, you didn't hear the, it was just the instrumentation. It was the background, like the beat in the background, but it, but it was that beat from that song. So, it w- so it technically was Bane. It just, I mean, you didn't hear the vocals. It was just the instrumentation. But, uh, but that's how popular the song is, has gotten that, uh, <laughs> they've used it. I mean, you know, a song's popular when a company like Apple uses it in their commercial and it's only a year old, you know, that's crazy. But, um, but anyway, so yeah, so basically this song, uh, is talking about, uh, Jack, Adam, and Ryan, about how they're growing up and becoming more and more like adults every day. They notice this and address it to their to the audience, and they say, you know, it's been fun, uh, but they remind the audience that if and when they want to stop making music, they will. But you know, not don't be sad because 
when we do, or you know, we'll go out with a bane, and you know, hence the title of the song. <laughs> and um, and yeah, and some people might be sick of hearing the song, like I said, because it's gotten so much attention uh, throughout the last year, and and so many streams and everything. It's been played so much, but I still like the song. Uh, and, um, and it's, yeah, it's, it's a great song. It's, uh, you, you have like this slowed down remixed piano in the background uh, in the instrumentation, uh, or as the beat, you can hear that, um, uh, as part of the beat. Uh, and then you have the, the loud and intense repeating of bang, bang, bang throughout the song, which really helps cause it, cause it's kind of a slower song but it's intense with uh but it's intense with the instrumentation you know with the trumpets and the and the background vocals and the beat you know um and the bang 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 you know so even though it's kind of a slower paced song it still makes you it still makes you feel intense because it, and it still get you know it still gets you like ah this is great you know because it's um because because of the uh vocals and the instrumentation um so yeah, even though like the singing, like it's kind of sung slower, you know, than the other songs that, um, those two things definitely help it, um, kind of, you know, sound a little bit more, a uh, quicker, a little fast, you know, a little more beat. Um, and also the, uh, background vocalist, uh, there's a fun fact here, uh, ba- the background vocalist throughout the song that's, a, I mean, that says, here we go and metronome, uh, you'll hear him throughout the song, uh, is actually, uh, the, um, one of the guys who does the New York City's, uh, subway system announcements, uh, Charlie Paulette. I, sorry if I'm butchering his name. I feel like that's how you pronounce that. But, um, I thought that was pretty cool. Cause I was wondering if that was a different person or if that was just Jack pitched his voice, like, you know, using, <laughs> using some, some audio trick, uh, I was wondering if he just like pitched his voice down or something or, or if that was Adam or Ryan and they just pitched their voice up or down, you know, but no, it was, it was a snippet from, uh, Charlie Paulette, the New York city subway announcer. <laughs> so, um, so that was pretty cool. Uh, and also the music video for that one's good as well. It's them in red tuxes in a casino. Um, I think playing craps or, or at a, they're, they're rolling dice at a, at a table. I'm not quite sure all the different games in Vegas, but yeah. And then there's just a crowd of people watching them, like eight people. And it keeps zooming in and out of, uh, the trio of Adam, Jack and Ryan. And then each time it zooms out, the eight people surrounding the table are in different costumes. And one, one, at one point they have animal masks on their, on their heads. And it's so weird, but it's, that's AJR for you. Uh, so track eight, we have the trick. Um, and this one's basically talking about how, Jack is, um, he, he, it kind of sounds like he's a compulsive liar in this one, (laughs) but he's basically saying how, uh, when he goes out with, uh, this girl he's going out with, I mean, we, we don't know, we haven't heard her name, but, uh, but this girl, when he goes out with this girl, he's trying to impress her by telling her all these things that he hasn't done. So like he says, um, and he, and he also mentions this um he he also mentions this uh when he was a kid too but uh in the first verse he says i got a dog and my dog can dance um i got a girl and she's 28 now i'm the coolest guy in all of eighth grade you know so um and then he he also mentions he's like oh i know a kid whose dad's a rock star we smoked in his van you know and so he's basically just making up all this stuff um to get this girl and not just this girl, but like other people around him to be impressed with him. And the trick the, I mean, or the name of the song, uh, comes from what basically what he's talking about. He's saying the trick is, uh, I can be anything that I pretend to be because, uh, I mean, you know, because you won't know it unless I give you actual physical proof. I mean, you know, and since you don't know me, you'll just believe me on a whim, you know, because, I mean, you know, you just met me and, and also because I want to look, I want to sound cooler and better than I actually am. And I'm not saying Jack is pathetic or anything, but I'm just saying that he wants to feel like he doesn't feel adequate with what he's done. So he, so 
he, and, and a lot of people do this. I mean, it's not the best thing to do, but you know, it's not the worst thing to do either, but he doesn't feel that, um, great with the accomplishments and what he's done with life. So he ends up making up stuff to, um, to, uh, you know, to get people to like him. And especially this girl that, uh, he's talking about. Um, and, uh, <laughs> there's another funny line too, when he says, uh, my dad doesn't lie, so you can't meet my dad because you fell in love with the me that went to France. Basically saying that, oh yeah, I told you that I went to France and you can't meet my dad because my dad doesn't lie. He can't lie like I can. So if you ask him how my trip to France went, he'll just ask, what are you talking about? He never went to France. And then, you know, the trick will be <laughs> revealed. You know, you'll find out that I was lying about that. Um and yeah, and he's basically saying he's not proud of lying, but he's also not proud of the truth. Uh, so he's not, so, you know, he's not, you know, it, it, either way, he's like, oh, well, I'm screwed then. Because not neither the truth nor my lies, it's not good for me to lie about this, but the truth isn't that great either, you know, like, so I don't know what to do. <laughs> but, uh, and also, this is, it's, uh, it sounds like, uh, the vocals throughout the song, um, especially in the verse, uh, especially in throughout the verses, uh, the chorus has Jack singing normal, but throughout the verses, you can hear Jack singing, and it, I thought it was a completely different person for a second, because I'm like, how did he do that? But th- somehow they pitched his voice up, or he did, or, or they all three did, somehow they pitched his voice up. He, I swear to God, he sounds like Tiny Tim. If, if I don't know if any of you know who that is, but he was this guy with this like really almost creepily pit high pitched voice. And if you've ever, okay, if you've ever seen SpongeBob, the first episode of SpongeBob help wanted the pilot episode, there's a song sung by tiny Tim in the end, in the montage when SpongeBob's making the anchovies, you know, crabby patties. So they'll leave, uh, you know, he's making them lunch. So they'll get out of the restaurant. Um, you can, there's a song, uh, where he's going like living in the sunlight, living in the moonlight, having a wonderful time. And I I don't know if those were the exact lyrics, but and also that sounded nothing like him. But uh, <laughs> but it's so weird because it sounds it sounds cool, but it sounds so weird. And and but yeah, I looked it up. That is him singing that. Um, but what what's even cooler too is that in the chorus, it's Jack singing normal, along with the high him singing high pitched. So he's singing the so it's like two people singing the chorus, but it's actually just him. It's just him singing in his normal pitched voice and then or his normal voice and then him singing the tiny Tim high pitched version like back to back, like at the same time. Uh so that's pretty cool. Uh okay, so track nine, ordinary ish people. Uh this is the only track to feature a different another artist on it. Uh this one uh, features the Blue Man Group, who, if you don't know, are a famous group of, uh, or a famous group who basically wear this blue paint and, um, or blue, I'm not actually sure what it is, but I think it's like blue makeup and they play instruments and they're, um, they, they play a lot of shows in Vegas, but, um, I haven't seen that much of them, but I mean, they're, from what I've seen, they're pretty good. Uh, but basically this one is talking about how, uh, they did most of the percussion for this song, so that's that's kind of their contribution to this. But um, but an overarching theme of this album is the feeling of not being happy, nor being sad, just being okay. And uh, in line with this theme, uh, this song is all about being too in between with various aspects of life, like um, similar to Bane's, similar to the theme on Bane of being too young and too old, you know, because uh, there's a lot, there's basically saying how you kind of have to walk a line between not being too, too one thing or to the other, like, um, like your hippie friends, or no, no, okay, uh, here's a good line, uh, in the first verse, when Jack says, your fat, your happy friends call you depressing, because you wonder why we're all still, al- or you wonder why we're all alive, your downer friends think you're too happy, too happy, because you still celebrate sometimes. So either way, it's like you have friends from all different circles and walks of life, and you can't please everybody, and everyone will think it will automatically, and that's just human nature, but everyone will automatically think, you know, like, 
if you get philosophical or something, they'll think you're deep or just being a Debbie H downer, you know? And, um, and, you know, if you have friends that might be a little, have a little bit more of a pessimistic view on life, if you're, they'll think you're too happy because you enjoy life or you, and you like celebrating, you like going to parties or whatever, you know? So in a way it's like you can't win with some people. Um, and it's basically talking about how, um, they're kind of the, the ordinary-ish people are the people who are your friends who think you're too one thing or too the other, you know? And, uh, he, and he basically says, goodbye, ordinary-ish people, or so goodbye, ordinary-ish people. We had quite the run, didn't we, though? But you got to be somebody sometime. I don't want to pack up and leave, though. When you're nobody, then nobody minds. So it's like when you're, when you're not being the opposite of what everyone else is, uh, then, or w- when you're acting, when you're going along with the flow, when you're not acting like, when you're not acting, uh, like everyone else, or when you are acting like everyone else, then people won't call you out on it because that's how everyone's feeling. But, you know, if you stray away from how everyone's feeling, they'll be like, well, that's weird of it, you know? Um, so, you know, that's a lot of people do that. And then also there's this, uh, I love this at the end, um, Jack, I, I believe this is Jack too. Uh, his voice is like pitched up really high. It's like gravelly. It's high and gravelly. It's kind of weird. But he says, "Attention, please, please yell if you're paying attention." And then, um, and then, and then he repeats the last line. I don't want to pack up and leave though. And uh, then the song ends. Uh, okay, uh, la- f- four more tracks left, or four more songs. We got this. So Humpty Dumpty is the tenth uh, track, and it is basically talking about how. Uh, it's t- it, t- it talks about, the song talks about running away from your problems and knowing you shouldn't do so. Uh, and also hiding your problems from others so you don't feel like you, like you burden uh, people with your own problems. Um, and he's basically saying, you know, because everyone knows the, Humpty, the uh, nursery rhyme of Humpty Dumpty, or the story nursery rhyme, you know, where, you know, he falls and he cracks into a, a thousand pieces, and then the king's horses and king's men try to put it back together, and they f- fall. I mean, uh, they fail. Sorry, <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's basically saying yeah. Um, so in, in this instance, he in a way he's like Humpty Dumpty because, and he kind of changes the story because he says, when Humpty Dumpty fell down or went down, he said, "Screw it, I'm a smile right through it, and I'll scream when no one's around." Basically masking the pain or masking the depression, you know, to, to fit in with how everyone's feeling at a certain point. Like if everyone's happy, you know, screw it. You're automatically happy. You'll deal with, with whatever's going on in your life that you don't feel so great about. You'll deal with that later. You know, uh, you know, you'll deal with your girlfriend dumping you or you'll deal with, I don't know, the, uh, your car, you you know, you getting in a car wreck earlier in that day or, you know, your, your dog died, you know, it's like, everyone's happy right now. I'm hanging out with my friends. I don't want to be a downer. So I'm going to just be happy for now. And when I get back home, I'll just scream into my pillow, you know, just, and you know, and and everyone does this and it's not a good thing to do, but you know, basically just repressing your anger and depression and sadness. And, and, and that's not good because if you do that, you know, eventually it'll come out as probably in the form of rage. And, uh, and you know, you, I'm not saying you'd end up killing anyone, but you know, you know, it's, it's still not healthy to repress anger and sadness, um, and depression, but, uh, people do that because like I said, they don't want to be a downer. And, um, and you know, that's basically the song and it's, uh, it's a great song too. And, um, and like I said, the vocals are pitched up a little bit throughout the song, throughout the verses and, and the chorus. And it, it sounds great. Um, yeah, not too much to say about this song, but yeah, it's, it's another great one. Uh, okay. Track 11 is, uh, the third to last or the, the third, uh, last track, um, is, uh, world's smallest violin, which is probably a SpongeBob reference. (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised considering that they, uh, referenced, uh, they sampled, uh, an audio clip of SpongeBob saying I'm ready for their song. I'm ready back in living room. So I wouldn't be surprised if that was a, uh, thinly veiled reference, (laughs) but, uh, basically this song yeah, it's the 11th song on the album, and it's talking about uh, feeling the pressure of past accomplishments done by either, 
you know, your dad, mom, uncle, aunt, any one of your family, any one of your relatives, or just anyone in general. Uh, and, you know, seeing others have, like, you know, successful lives and accomplishments compared to your own little successes, uh, you know, can make you feel down. And it, it can make you feel like you're not doing enough to contribute to society or to your family or friends, you know. Uh, but you still want someone to, uh, you know, still appreciate your own accomplishments. And, um, and so that's kind of what the chorus is talking about when, uh, Jack says that he really needs someone to see and appreciate his accomplishments just as if they were someone else in his family. Um, and this person could be a lover, you know, his girlfriend or anyone else. And, um, you know, and that's basically what the song's talking about. And, uh, and, and yeah, the violin throughout the song is great as well. And, uh, and I think my favorite part of the song is the last verse, the third verse, because, uh, it starts off, it starts off kind of slow and then it builds up and builds up and speeds up and, and Jack's singing a little bit faster with each line and the violin and the beat, the violin's playing a little faster, the beat's, you know, going a little faster. And, um, and then we get a little tiny violin solo at the end after he says the line, so let me play my violin for you. And uh, it just ends on a good high note. It reminds me of the ending of Karma from Neo Theater, where Jack starts singing. It doesn't really get faster and faster, but it, it, it starts with him singing at the same speed, and he sings that same speed throughout the entire last verse of the song. Uh, so, it's, you know, there's a difference here uh, in terms of that, you know, but so yeah, in that one, he sings the same speed throughout that entire verse of the, in that last verse of that song. And in this one, he slowly builds up the speed of his singing in this verse. But it reminds me of that in a way, because he's saying a lot. It's almost like, I don't know, I guess he's saying, I guess he sung this in one take. I'm assuming he did that with Karma too, but, but he says so much, he's singing so much in this one verse. It's like, man, how gotta stop take a breath you know <laughs> gonna pass out on us but um but that's probably my favorite part of the song is the ending how it picks up and builds up i love that um okay last two tracks uh way less sad is once again another song that was released as a single uh about uh, about a month ago yeah so it's the most recent single they released from their album uh so way less sad is the 12th track on the album and it's basically talking about how, um, and again, it kind of goes with the theme of, um, the theme of everyone kind of being, um, or it goes with the theme of not being, it's basically, this one is the most, uh, the, the one that talks about it the most. Basically the song's talking about how, uh, you know, Jack saying is like, oh, I'm not happy, but I'm not sad. I'm kind of in the middle. I'm kind of Okay. I'm not happy, yeah, I'm not happy, but I'm way less sad, you know, and, um, and then part of him's like thinking, oh, uh, you know, you're so insane to want to, to be happy, just shut up and enjoy this feeling right now, you know, we'll get, we'll, we'll be happy later, just, you know, appreciate the fact that we're not sad right now, you know, like, <laughs> we're, we're in the, in between being happy and sad, appreciate that right now, we're not totally happy yet, but just, you know, enjoy it for right now. We'll get, we'll get there. You know, he's kind of telling himself that, you know, and, um, and, and it also, the song also kind of makes reference to cancel culture and toxic environments and the, uh, inability to, for some people to sleep at night because, um, you know, they have like sleep paralysis demons or inner demons or just anxiety, you know, that they, that they can't, um, that they can't get, get over, you know? And it also kind of reminds me of three o'clock things in that way. Cause, uh, towards the end of the song, Jack says, um, he says it's half past three and I'm losing my mind or I can't fall asleep and I'm losing my mind cause it's half past three and my brain's on fire. Um, which I love that line. And, uh, I love the bridge too, because, uh, well the beat's great. It's very catchy and, and upbeat. Uh, but I love the bridge too, because throughout the bridge you can hear the ticking of a clock, you know, and um, and you can and throughout the 
as the bridge continues, you hear Jack's voice becoming a little more and more distorted, a little more auto-tuned. And, um, but it's not to the point where it sounds overbearing, like Jay-Z or something, you know. Uh, it's like just the right amount of bearing. It's, it's not overbearing, it's bearing, you know. <laughs> it's just, it's just enough, you know. But, uh, and then there's a little outro, uh, which is, a uh, as we, as you, as you'll hear in Bummerland, uh, at the end of this song, there's a morphing between instrumentation and vocals. And, um, and this was a technique Ryan has been working on for years, uh, mostly during the quarantine months of, uh, the pandemic. Um, so, so it was cool that they ended up using that a couple times throughout the, uh, the album and, you know, specifically Bummerland and, and way less sad, um, you know, and, uh, and yeah, it was a great song. And, uh, with that out of the way, or uh, with, uh, with that said and done, we'll move, we move on to the final track, uh, track 13, Christmas in June. This one is basically talking, and this is, uh, the longest song on the album. A second, the second longest would be the overture. Okay. Overture. Uh, but this one is talking about, uh, basically Jack's relationship with this girl, whoever he's dating, and he's basically trying to balance his relationship and his career, you know, which is making music. And he probably maybe has a side job, I'm not sure. But, but you know, like his main focus is, you know, his career as, as a musician with his brothers. And, uh, and he's trying to balance that with, uh, and with spending time with his girlfriend. And that, that's kind of difficult because, you know, especially with how much they've risen in popularity, like how how popular they've become in recent memory or, you know, I mean, throughout the last couple of years, especially, um, you know, it's, you know, they're doing, they're making, they're shooting more music videos. They're writing more songs. They're playing more shows, um, and, uh, selling more merch, you know, um, Adam's got a podcast. I'm sure, I'm sure Jack's been on that once or twice, maybe, I'm not sure, but you know, they, they've got other stuff going on and a lot of, st- and not just that, but I mean, a lot of stuff within their job, which is making music. So basically what, um, Jack is saying throughout the song is that, uh, he's like, uh, he says, I won't plan on missing, uh, I won't plan on missing any date, any of our dates or anything that we do, but just in case, can we reschedule it? But in the, in the chorus, he says, just in case, um, can we do Christmas in June? And, uh, basically, uh, people have to, you know, and some, and this has happened, uh, with the pandemic too. People have had to reschedule. Some people probably rescheduled Christmas to another month. And, and we, uh, our family or, you know, me and my family, we did it in February. So it was like almost two months after, uh, the actual, Chris, uh, the actual holiday. So, but it's, um, but you know, and, and whether it's, uh, and sometimes it's not even that long, like sometimes even pre pandemic, I'm, I'm sure people, and I've done this before too. Uh, sometimes it's like a week or two weeks later, maybe the beginning of January, but you know, we've had to reschedule Christmas towards the, you know, for another time because we couldn't all meet for some reason, you know, for some, for one reason or another. Um, so yeah, but it, it can also mean, not necessarily just Christmas in general, but just like anything, you know, but, um, but that is kind of what it's talking about. Cause Christmas is one of the most celebra- celebrated holidays. Um, and you know, you hate to do it, but sometimes you might have to reschedule it. And again, like I said, not even just Christmas, it could be any holiday or any event. Um, but you know, sometimes, you, sometimes you have to reschedule things. Um, and yeah, and it's, uh, this one's also kind of probably the, the second most somber song, you know, and, um, and it's really nice, um, it's really nice, very heartwarming, and, uh, and I really love the, the final, the outro, uh, where he's talking about, uh, he's telling his girlfriend, he's like, hold on, I just need a little bit more time, I'll get the album done, uh, I'd love to get to tour it, uh, you know, go on concert and tour the album, but I, that's, but I, you know, if I do that, I'm, uh, spending one less month with you and that sucks. And then he also, and then he mentions, um, he's like, now that I'm think sitting here thinking about it, what if I miss our, having our kid because I'm on concert, you know, if we ever have a kid, which is probably, and I like this cause it's 
most likely a reference to uh, Dear Winter, where Jack was singing about. Uh, well, technically, he was singing about Ryan's kid, but but Ryan wanted Jack to sing the song. So, but anyway, but Jack was singing about how his son or Ryan's son or daughter, uh, whenever they grow up, you know, he wants to name them, uh, him or her winter. And, uh, you know, he, he hopes he's going to be a good dad. And, um, so that, so that was kind of a nice, clever little wink, like a nice little reference to dear winter. And, uh, he says, I don't want to miss the birth of our child if we ever have a child, but, uh, you know, can we just have him in June, (laughs) you know? And, um, and to further the theory that this song is a continuation of dear winter, uh, that line, it might be a play on words. It's kind of a play on words in a way, because having Christmas in June could also be worded as having winter in June, and winter was the the name that Jack slash Ryan wanted to name their future child. Uh, and, 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 and winter would be the, yeah, yeah, like I said, winter would be the name of their child rather than the season. Uh, it's kind of a stretch, but, you know, that's what I was thinking about when I heard the song. Um... And yeah, so it yeah it ends on a nice, very somber note, kind of like Dear Winter did, even though that wasn't the end of Neo Theater. It was the second to last song. But uh, but yeah, it was nice. And uh, so that was OK Orchestra. It uh, started off great, was great throughout, and it ended great. And uh, it's probably my favorite album of AJR's uh, to date. Uh, I'd, prob- I'd either give it a nine or a nine and a half out of ten. Um it was just, uh, it sounded great. It was probably their most, I'm not saying none of their other songs on any of their other albums weren't thought out, but it's probably the most well thought out sonically, musically, uh, just best sounding album and probably with some of their best lyrics, um, uh, you know, that I've heard from them. Um, so yeah, great, great lyrics. Sounds great. Uh, the album cover's great too, by the way, if you ever, if you stream it on Spotify or if you go get, if you go actually purchase the album or if you listen to it on YouTube, uh, you'll see the image of the, of the, um, the album. I won't spoil it, but it's, it's, it's cool looking. All their, although all their album covers have looked good. So, but, um, anyway, uh, so yeah, I recommend you go listen to it. Um, I'm sure you'll like it. Uh, I, you don't have to have listened to their other three albums, but if you want to start with the living room, that was from 2015, then go to the click, which is their second and then Neo theater and then, then okay. Orchestra, if you want to, but if you want to, you could start with this one and then work your way backwards or just go out of order, whatever you want to do. But, uh, but yeah, I definitely think you should check this album out. Uh, and I can't wait. Uh, I can't wait to see what they do next. Um, I'm sure they'll continue making music. Um, but if not, it, this was a great way to go out. But then again, like I said, I don't, they haven't really announced or, you know, mentioned that other than Bane, you know, they haven't really mentioned their, that they, they haven't really st- said verbatim that they were going to stop making music. So, but you know, um, regardless, it was fantastic. So, um, I hope you enjoyed the tonight's episode and I will, See you guys next week for something else. I'm, to be honest with you, I'm not entirely sure what next week's review is going to be, but whatever it's going to be, um, you know, just stay tuned for that. So, uh, thank you, and I hope you guys have a good weekend and a good week. Take care.